Hello and welcome to this episode of STATS, the podcast where we share the accomplishments of the Department of Surgery at Baylor Scott & White Medical Center in Temple, Texas. I am Dr. Lonnie Gentry, your host. Today's podcast is unusual in that I'm interviewing three individuals rather than one. It is also unusual in that the interview is about a non-medical event rather than a medical event. Before we identify the event, let me introduce my guests. Sitting around the table with me are Dr. Dan Little, Division Director of Pediatric Surgery. Dr. Little, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Dr. Richard Goad, a pediatric podiatrist. Dr. Goad, welcome. Thank you for having us. And Dr. Chris Wagner, a urologist. Dr. Wagner, welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Now to the focus of our discussion. Dr. Little, introduce the event for us that we're here to talk about. Well, today we're going to talk and then share some stories, some highlights about the 2022 Baylor Scott and White Rim to Rim Grand Canyon experience. So this was an idea that came into evolution over a year ago. And over the course of uh, many, many uh, miles on hills and trails and stair climbers, uh, we, uh, we got ourselves in good shape. And 14 physicians and nurses tackled the Rim to Rim North Rim to South Rim Trail, 25 miles. That was a big day. So why, well, before I ask about why this event, I understand there's a history of similar events where you and Dr. Goad have organized trips and might mention a couple of those, those in the past. Well, no, for me, when I turned 48, uh, my best friend and I, um, we're both from Tyler, in East Texas, we tackled the South Rim at the canyon for the first time, went down one day, stayed at the bottom, came back the next day. Um, it wore us out. We were not in good shape. We didn't prepare well, but we liked it so well. We went back two years later when we both turned 50. And uh, then I've gone back, had gone back an additional um, five times over the course of the past uh, 17 years, I should say. And then Dr. Little and I and some of his kids went three years ago, Memorial Day, and did the North Rim to the South Rim with a stop at Phantom Ranch, which is at the bottom of cabins down there. And uh, we liked it so much that over the course of time, um, Dan and I started talking about what it would look like to uh, organize a trip. I'm sure it was Dan's idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Richard probably dragged me through it, but... uh... We call him the legend because he's done it eight times now, and we're just trying to follow his footsteps. Clearly. So have you done some group events before? And this, I take it, is the, is the most challenging one you've done today. Well, during COVID times, a few of us would get together on Wednesdays and do something called the Wildcat Challenge, which was a um, cadre of push-ups and planks and running and biking, just the ability to get together, have a purpose. I try to enjoy each other's fellowship, maybe sweat a little bit. Uh, but this was a couple steps on from that. Mm, sounds like it. So why this particular event? Just that you had done it before and you knew something about it and thought people would really enjoy it? I use the I word think, enjoy. You know, there's something uh, yeah, there's something magical about the canyon. It's it's inspiring I me. Mean, 98% of people that go to the Grand Canyon go to the South Rim. It's the easiest side to get to. They look over the rim, like, ah, that's a big hole. And then they have dinner. And that's it. Uh, you know, we were ready for something more than that. We wanted to challenge ourselves, uh, perhaps learn something about each other along the way. So this seemed to be a achievable, probably safe and bold goal for all of us to go for. 
So the preparation for the trip, I understand you did some group activities to prepare for the trip. Dr. Wagner, how, how were those activities? So I think it was multiple small groups, but we got together and did uh, local hikes. Uh, some people did Stairmaster or bleachers. The Temple High School Stadium is one of the best places to train, but it was closed this summer to renovate the track. And it was also a pretty hot summer. So I did most of my training indoors on an indoor spin bike, which was probably not as good as stairs, but helpful because it was air conditioned. I think that the bonding with the group during some of those hikes was also probably underestimated, valuable part of the experience. So is that bonding going to be uh, a big part of the experience as you, as you talk about the experience? I think so. I'll give you an example. So uh, Dr. Phillips, he's a pediatric anesthesiologist. He and I just a couple of days ago had a difficult case, and we were a little bit mixed in opinions about how to proceed with this child who needed urgent surgery. But we were able to work through that probably a little more gracefully since now we're, I guess, brothers of the canyon, and we're kind of bonded through this shared experience. So I do think getting to know people outside the bounds of the hospital will help those hospital relationships, especially when they're difficult times. It was important that everyone knew that they shouldn't be alone. Mm-hmm. We, we, we limited we to uh, no less than two people hiking together. Even though they may have strayed 50 yards ahead, you could always see, see them, something like that. Mm-hmm. Dan and I, because we were the quote-unquote hosts, we were kind of the co-conspirators, we felt, I think, an extra responsibility that everyone be ahead of us. So we decided we would be the bumper the caboose and and make sure everybody got out. So we knew we would be later than most everybody else. We didn't know we would be that much later than the, <laughs> the rabbits that, that, that ran up the trail, but it was good. And I'll add one other thing about, about training is that, uh, you know, Dan and I both come from a, a recent background of doing triathlons, but in the, this year before he and I both did Ironman Texas, the 70.3 mile uh, triathlon in Galveston and and I did two additional triathlons during the summer and, and with swim, bike, and run. And so I felt like I was in good physical shape, but there's no substitute for the leg work that everyone did for doing the stairs and the and the hikes and the climbs and all that. And then I was a little concerned because um, three weeks before the trip, I was in Ireland for two weeks and London for a week and was concerned about that. But it turns out there are more steps and hikes that you can take in England and Ireland than you ever imagined. And so I felt like my training was hardened and not softened by, by that before. So were you the oldest person on this trip? I was. I was. I'm 67. I wasn't going to ask you that, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we're all curious. I'm a solid 67. And, uh, and the, next, uh, the next guy was one of the NICU guys. He'll be, he'll be 67, I think, in January. And there was one guy that I think is two guys that are mid-60s, and everybody else is just young. Uh-huh. There was actually a little bit of a contest for who was going to be the oldest. I'm and sure. when, uh, when they found out Richard was actually older by a few months, he was very disappointed that he was only second oldest. <laughs> I'm sure. So you got the word out in the hospital, just somehow word of mouth to let people know that you're organizing this and they're welcome to go. It got big quickly. 
Uh, so Rich and I were talking, the Nikki guys all of a sudden were interested, and all of a sudden we went from a few people to 20, like fast. And, and logistically speaking, organizing 20 adults, that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. For various reasons, the list got trimmed down for other responsibilities, but we had a solid, actually had a solid 15 going into the hike. Um, one of our hikers, actually, I think he was the youngest, who had trained very well. I was really proud of him. Injured his foot. Probably overtrained, mm-hmm. so he is now in a boot. He didn't make it to the Grand Canyon, yeah. but we're really looking forward to having having our nurse practitioner Bryce join us next year. Great, yeah. Dr. Wagner, you heard about this event? Are you an athlete? I'm pretty competitive. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Little and I have known each other for about 25 years. We went to medical school together in Oklahoma, and uh, I think we went through residency together here. And we, I think, we both have an awareness of each other's competitive uh, drive. Have you done and, tri- uh, triathlons? Never done. I don't guys. do triathlons. I used to run and then competitively and then cycle competitively still. And Danny and I are both heavily involved in scouting. We have boys that have um, been in scouts and done high adventure backpacking trips. We did Philmont in New Mexico last summer together. And so we both have kind of a joint interest in hiking through that and doing hard things. Danny's very humble, but he has hiked Kilimanjaro, and, and I think there's something about doing difficult things that makes you feel more alive and feeds a certain part of you need, needs to be fed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not everybody feels that way, but I think Danny knew that that was something I'd be interested in, and I immediately accepted the opportunity. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it, so that was not a hard decision. A lot of folks have asked, was this a, like a children's hospital only? Was this a doctor only it wasn't. I mean, it kind of started at the children's hospital, but then we had adult folks join us and NICU doctors and some nurses gathered on. So we were just kind of open to whoever wanted to um, challenge himself to see kind of what's left in the tank, uh-huh. uh, to see what they could do to kind of push themselves a little bit. So that's kind of what this was. Fourteen of us joined. We we took off from the North Rim. I think it was like three in the morning. It was like 40 degrees. Took a photo, and they were off. And you guys made this a weekend event, more or less. This wasn't a leisurely vacation. Y'all jumped on the plane and flew out. And- it was even more tight at the, than you can imagine. It was originally planned for to leave Friday morning on a 6.30, 7 o'clock flight from Austin, get to Phoenix, drive to the south rim of the Grand Canyon by noontime, catch a 1.30 shuttle, that goes from the south rim, the 210 miles around to the north rim, arrive at the north rim at 6 o'clock, have dinner at 7, go to bed, get up at 2, go north to south, get out in time for <laughs> dinner at the, the south rim Saturday night, and then sleep a few hours, see the sunrise on Sunday morning, catch the thing back. Typical brutal. macho male. Yeah, up. <laughs> what happened was American Airlines intervened with all the post-COVID craziness, and they started can they canceled the flight once, they rescheduled it to a different time. It was a terrible thing. They moved it later. It made it impossible to make it on that. So we we backed it up to Thursday night for the arrival, and we went ahead to Flagstaff. So more than halfway up, and so that it 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 smoothed out all the potential wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really great example of listening to someone else. Because I was pretty hard set on Friday, come home Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to miss extra work. It's expensive. Yeah. And he kept on saying, no, 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 no. We should leave Thursday. It's okay. <laughs> if we had done my idea, the trip would have failed. We would have uh, not made it to the shuttle. 
So I'm glad that he uh, continued to protest oh. and encourage. We switched it to Thursday, and then it was awesome. Good. Also. Yeah. Wisdom of age and experience. <laughs> For once. <laughs> so on the trip, the, the actual hike, I mean, you're, you're three o'clock, you're off and off to the races. Dr. Wagner, do you want to tell us about your legendary backpack? Sure. So I'm no stranger to carrying heavy weight in Philmont. I think I had over 51 pound pack and it doesn't bother me like to carry heavy stuff if I've got what I want with me. But I was determined to take all my camera equipment, including a tripod. So that, that adds some solid weight to the pack. And then we carried water filters because they have seven or eight places with potable water along the trail. But there was reports that this was unreliable and that we may need to filter our own water from the stream. So that adds another pound or two to carry a water filter. I brought more food than I needed. I'll admit that, but I've never done it before. So I'd rather be carrying extra weight than find yourself without food or water or something. So yeah, I had a pack that was about 43 pounds and I think it probably should be under 20. <laughs> I tell you, like we all brought extra weight, way too heavy and extra food. Yeah. But there's something kind of beautiful about sharing with distressed hikers along the way, like yeah. being willing to give some Cheez-Its or uh-huh. some gels or goo. Like that's in the canyon, that's gold. It could be life-saving yeah. Yeah. if someone is out of salt pills or whatever. You really have to replace not just water, but electrolytes. And that you can really get in trouble uh-huh. if you don't hydrate and replace electrolytes. And one of our hikers, uh, Dr. Gawanda, he's the director of the NICU. He actually f- came across a distressed hiker, a 50-year-old lady, and he gave her his knee brace. That's wow. pretty strong. Yeah. That's really strong to be there 13 miles from the top and say, here, take my knee brace. You need it more than I do. What an what a offering of love. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. I think the thing that people who maybe have never considered doing this hike probably need to know, and I didn't understand until I started researching it, is like, it is very dangerous. Like, there's people that die in the canyon every year. And over the summer, as we were watching the Facebook group getting, you know, information about how to prepare for the trip, there's stories of people dying this summer. It's usually dehydration or lack of preparedness. Mm-hmm. But there's no easy way out of there. You get helicoptered out at best, and it's going to cost you ten thousand mm. dollars. And so, you need to be pretty well prepared for all the contingencies, mm-hmm. and it is a potentially serious thing. So, my knee started bothering me as soon as we started going downhill. Within uh, an hour, which was right off the bat, probably because of the pack <laughs> being too heavy. But, <laughs> but I immediately started being worried yeah. that, like, if I if I tore a ligament or knee kind of buckled, and I was going to get oh. stuck down there because we only had one hour in and it was probably gonna be another 10 or 12 hours till we were done. But uh, yeah. fortunately it was better on the way up. Yeah. It's so. yeah. awesome. And I did, I did fall on the, just the loose gravel and, and I kind of tweaked my knee and still bothering me a little bit, oh. but that was only two hours in. I had the same thought, man, I, I, I was, I know I'm the oldest, but I felt like I mean, my pride was like, I'm in really good shape. Uh, I think I can help outlast anybody. Uh, but then I, all of a sudden, just, I mean, within, it would takes a microsecond to just slip on loose gravel and you're, you're just fall, fall straight down. So I got back up and it hurt a little bit and took some Motrin and, uh, kept going. And by the end of the, you know, the while gone by, it didn't hurt very much at all until the end. And the, what people don't understand is that the trails are, sometimes they're smooth 
But going down and going up, there's there's large steps that you have to actually physically get mm-hmm. down and back up. And some of the upward were, were 12, 14-inch steps you had to lift up. So that would be lifting your knee, the baby sore. And we all had hiking poles, which mm-hmm. are important, and to put them down and pull up and all that. And, and toward the end, uh, you know, it was 1030 at night, and I was like, this hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I never, ever... Uh, it never crossed my mind that I wouldn't make it out. And I don't know if that was arrogance or stupidity or just, uh, uh, you know, bliss that you know, I didn't. I, it's, uh, Chris is right. There were five people that died uh, th- this year at the canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, two drowned. and No, uh, one drowned and four people died on the trail or uh, one from a fall. Yeah. And so it happens. Yeah. And no one, no one conquers the canyon. You, you prepare and you... You suffer a little bit, and you're you kind of have this warrior mindset that you you will do it. When you're at the bottom, and you're about to go up in the south rim, you have nine miles of bump to go. You've already done probably 14, 15 miles already. So Mother Canyon will let you pass, probably, but you're not going to conquer it. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you a little bit of your own medicine. Some of the experiences or memories on the on the hike itself. Best parts, worst parts. Oh. By the time we got to the south rim going back up out at the end of the day, uh, we could see there was thunderstorm coming across the canyon towards us. There was some cell reception, so I could see the radar. We were going to get in the rain. Uh, But there was a rainbow across the real middle of the canyon as the sun was setting, and Uh you could see the storm coming. And then it got cooler and started raining on us in the dark. And it was just um, Dr. Prabhu and I walking together. Mm -hmm for probably, I don't know, several hours in the cold, dark rain. And it was actually the best part. Like, I wasn't hurting. I felt pretty good hiking and pretty strong and going up. It's supposed to be the worst part, but for me, I felt pretty good. I was happy about it. And the rain stopped. We dried out, put on a warm layer and kept going. Mm-hmm. I think the other best part that I just didn't expect was working with uh, or meeting a group of doctors that I peripherally knew from the children's hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a different culture there that is pleasant. <laughs> all these doctors and nurses that we hiked with are all some of the most kind, gentle people that you'd ever meet. And uh, I enjoyed meeting everybody and making those relationships and maybe bring some of that attitude back into the main OR here. Uh-huh. I think That's one of the beauties. That was one of the best things about yeah. it. Like, he's a urology oncologist, essentially incredible surgeon. Dr. Prabhu is a very, very senior, almost retired neonatologist. Those two would never interact any other way besides something like this. Now they're kind of bonded, like they've yeah, done, yeah. done this together. Yeah, that's great. That's neat. That's yeah. very neat. Yeah. So I guess part of your hope for the trip would be some of that experience, mm-hmm. community together better and that sort of thing. Well, it, was, it wasn't as traumatic as war. In that you could say, <laughs> yeah. uh, to use the, the, the expression band of brothers, uh, mm-hmm. I think is not inappropriate at all. I mean, we, uh-huh. you know, stuck together and, and would have you know, sprung into action. I mean, there were several people that were got in trouble. Uh, other people, hikers that, you know, that, that people stopped to help mm-hmm. uh, carry their bags, give them drinks, fluids, things like that. It was, it was a typical response I would expect. And it was nice to see it in action. And in some ways we were deployed for a weekend. Mm-hmm. We were coming back, but the few days before we left, there were some nurses that came up and hugged us and, there's a couple that were crying, like, please come oh, back. Wow. Now, they didn't even worry about their job security. I don't know, because a lot of the children's hospital was gone. Uh, but it was, uh, was kind of bigger than us, for sure. Kind of like a community. Absolutely. Was this a hard 
physical event. It's either the hardest or close to the hardest thing I've ever done. It was very difficult. I, I don't know that I underestimated that, like, it, but it was very difficult. You were saying that about five miles in, you're like, oh no. <laughs> it was very difficult. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think anyone should underestimate the Grand Canyon River Rim. It's no joke. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, Dan and I took 19 and a half hours. Um, that was a long time. That's a long, long, long day for yeah. anybody. I mean, even in, in his work, he's not going to stay up 19 and a half hours um, continuously. But we, the, the honest truth is we, we took time to rest. Mm-hmm. We took time to sit down, talk, eat a little something, rest. I put my feet up, you know, for a while. And um, I, I did not, I was not particularly tired. Mm-hmm. I was well hydrated. I planned well in all my fluids, and uh, I never got any cramps. I never got felt like I was behind the curve or anything. So it was just good. It was good to plan. I mean, part of it had to do with fear, you know, fear of being stupid mm-hmm. and uh, and making a mistake. And uh, and so we checked, rechecked. I mean, I repacked my bag ten times, making sure I had everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Lonnie, for the folks listening uh, to this podcast, like 19 hours sounds like forever. <laughs> like, why would you ever do something like that? Why would you put yourself through that? Now, the fastest hikers, um, Will Phillips, Hell Wills, Scott Weeders, Corey Mikes, Chance Seabeck, they, it still took them 14 to 15 hours to get out of the canyon. So everyone, it took a long time. If you look at it conversely, like if I told you, give me 15 hours of your life in the future for a life-defining experience, something you will never forget. That seems like a small price to pay for a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I thought it was great. And, and I think we we're seeing uh, the ripple effect where now there's there's actually 28 people already showing interest for to do this again. Oh. We were 14. Now we're 28. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Maybe next year? We're planning on it. Oh, great. Yeah. Any experiences that come to mind that you haven't mentioned yet? I think Richard and I should probably talk a little bit. You know, we we were the caboose. Uh, we wanted to be slow. We were the organizers. There's like an emotional kind of connection and a physical demand to, to do that. And several things happened along the way that kind of slowed our progress for one reason or another, including, for some reason, we decided to take a three-mile extra hike, which I'm pretty sure was his idea. <laughs> and I finally relented, but uh, Dr. Raju was willing to watch our backpacks. We did three more miles, so 28 miles total. But that allowed us to be at Indian Garden at 5.30 in the evening when a distressed hiker arrived and went syncopal, passed out, and was unconscious. Oh, wow. Right in front of us. So we had the podiatrist, we had Dr. Raju, a neonatologist, we had me, and that guy was in trouble. Like, if you have that event in Temple, no big deal, call paramedics, Uh hospital, IV. When you're four and a half miles from the top and it's dark, you don't have supplies, you don't have anything, you're counting on someone... to save you, essentially. Mm-hmm. And for that next hour, that was a, almost a spiritual experience to be with that person, to cool him off, treat his heat stroke, give him electrolytes, give him sugar, just be with him and uh, to kind of help him through it. And the next four and a half miles, Dr. Raju just kept talking to him. He wouldn't let uh, him quit. He would not let him quit. And uh, that hiker made out with a smile, smile on his oh, face. Wow. Yep. That is a great, great story. Dr. Goat, any... Um thing come to mind that you haven't shared with us yet about the trip? Well, you haven't asked about the the worst part of the downside of the trip. And for me, having seen the North Rim Trail in the light, 
I do regret that, that, that most of the people that had never been had, didn't get to see the North Rim. We got there at 6 o'clock at night. We had, what, maybe 20, 20 30 minutes max of, of daylight before it set. And it's pretty spectacular from the North Rim. It, just, it looks like an IMAX movie off the, the scenic look overlook by the restaurant. Um, but uh, I do regret that most everybody had to go down with headlamps in the dark mm-hmm. and not see the beauty of the trail going through the woods as you descend from the North Rim downward. But, you know, the sun it started to come up at 5 o'clock, and people could see shadows. And then my pictures get brighter and brighter and brighter as I took on my camera. And so that, it, that wasn't a... Um, that wasn't I would, what I call worse, but it was. I, I regret that there were some scenes that some folks didn't have. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wagner? Oh, I regret carrying that pen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret not taking my camera, but I probably could have tossed out a few. So next year, this time, I got great pictures. How much is going to weigh? It was 43. <laughs> what are you going to get down to? 19. 19. Okay, uh, Dr. Gentry, 19 pounds. And, and, and your training will pro- not be inside More stairs. on a bike. Yeah, it was hot summer. It was tough yeah. to motivate to go outside in that heat. Oh, yeah. It was sure. a hot summer. You know, the the summit, I think, is re- they have one stair climber at the summit, and I think they now call it the Dr. Powiski stair climber. Yeah. Uh, he was always on it. I would show up. There's Rosser. Uh, <laughs> and so I think that's not his personal stair climber. There's no substitute for stairs. You know? So would you recommend this for other people next year? Absolutely. I think uh, you just got to be prepared and take it seriously. There's a lot of resources, and now we got at least 14 people with experience that you can rely on for information. Yeah. And just like take control of your, your own mm-hmm. wellness, physical, mental, emotional, you know, you're uh, more responsible for yourself. You shouldn't like expect someone else to, to do that for you. And this is a great example of like doing that and just living outside the hospital. I mean, it's so easy in our life. We do all this great surgery. We're very satisfied. We're, we're thankful that we have jobs, <laughs> Sure. but every day is repeat and we do the, do the exact same thing the next day. Um, this is something pretty, pretty magnificent, pretty magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote down on one of the answers to Chris's question uh, that made the statement. I, I think it would put words in their mouths, but it just reemphasizes that, you know, our lives are so much more than our work lives, our nine to five lives. Is that, And we found that out by getting to know. I sat with Chris on the bus for the four and a half hour trip. You know, he and I had never met before uh, I don't yeah. I don't associate with adult doctors. I hang out, <laughs> I hang out with you know, my I rule. Hang, I hang out at Disneyland and with the, with the, all the other the guys. But um, you know that this large you know physical uh, effort and challenge you know gives me perspective. So I share with my patients. They all know. I tell them what I've been doing. You know, we all got we awarded uh, finishers medals uh, to everybody that has Grand Canyon 2022. The people's name on it and their date. They can hang it up. Everybody who doesn't like bling that they can hang up and say they can look at that medal and say, I did this. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And, and bless the hearts of all of my nurses. I'm wearing a Grand Canyon uh, hoodie that I got presented on the, the morning after the hike from Dr. Little. The nurses took up a collection to get me a new hoodie so that I wouldn't wear my threadbare one that I wear around the hospital. And it looks very nice. It is very impressive. Have you yes. taken that off yet? I have not. <laughs> I sleep in it. So one more question. Would you recommend this event or something like it to other hospital groups? Absolutely. Yes. I think not only is it helpful to bond in that way outside of work, it makes for a more cohesive team. But uh, you know, I think the last two years, the pandemic has been incredibly difficult for 
everyone in the world, but especially people that work in a hospital, you know, the isolation, the lack of maintaining and building relationships outside the hospital because of it, the stress, like to get out and do something like this was fantastic. Uh, I think a lot of people have restricted their travel, et cetera. So yeah, I think it was a great activity. It, these guys did an awesome job with planning the logistics, by the way, as well. Like I didn't have much role in that, but they made it completely smooth and seamless. There wasn't a minute that was wasted or not planned well. It takes a lot of advanced planning a year in advance mm-hmm. just to get the reservations. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's so popular. Well, thank you, each of you, for your time. I know you're very busy. This has been a very enjoyable conversation. Makes me want to go next year. We'll see about that. I know it was a great time, great stories. Appreciate it very much. That wraps up this episode of Stats. Join us again next time as we share the accomplishments of the Department of Surgery at Baylor Scott & White Medical Center in Tennessee.